Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hey, howdy, hey! My name is Miranda Selwyn. I'm your host today on Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know. I'm trying out a new intro oh. where I don't say the show name first. I, I say, like it. hey, howdy, hey. But you go full Toy Story. No. Yeah. Hey, howdy, hey. Yeah. Is right. it working? Yeah, it is. Actually. I so say it is. yes. It is. It's working. At the table with me today, my co-hosts. Julie Eisentrager. It's me, KB. It's KB, everybody. I'm here. <laughs> and our special guest, repeat guest. What? Some random chick. Whoa! Yay! Hey, Pull random her up chick. the street. <laughs> Do you have a name, random chick? My name is Aurelia Roque. That's a beautiful name. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I legitimately love your yeah, name. I do. Oh, nice. thanks. Yeah. Anytime awesome. you want to call me Aurelia, just uh, go ahead and guess at it because I've spent most of my thirty odd years of life going. Um, Any time there's a pregnant pause in the roll call, that's me. Yep. Yeah, that no. But me even, too. Me too. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, you get. You get yeah. me. Yeah. Julie. You get Julie. I I get oh, me. I even. Yeah, that's. I'm here. I'm here. That's fine. Just um, oh, keep going. I remember yeah. it from the chick in Love Actually, which is very similar but not the same name. Yeah, I'm not happy about that either. But uh, we'll just I'm brush past that. Yeah, which is. Anywho, so normally at this juncture we would say. Oh, O'Reilly Roke, we don't know anything about you. Let's do a quiz and have Miranda sing a great song. Mm. But not today. Not today. We will have Miranda sing a great song. Will we? On the spot. Do it. Immediately. Uh, Do it. uh, uh, There's no business like show business, is it? That wasn't even good. That was amazing. Ethel Lemon stepped in. She's also not wrong. There is no business like show business. I thought you were going to just change the lyrics to the song you always sing (laughs) just to fit it in with what we're doing. I thought you were going to say there's no Rayleigh like O'Reilly. But, um, yeah. Oh, that would have been better. If only we had the ability to, like, Cut and go back. No, they need the whole thing. How do we do that? No, not today. 
Um, so you have no time. Done, you have done the getting to know you quiz last time you were here. Yes, so I we're did. not going to do it again. I'm all right with that. Yeah, instead we're going to go to the repeat guest format. Okay. Which is what, Miranda? Which is we're all going to cast you in a role in a show. I'm just going to sit back, drink my um, tea, and enjoy whatever you throw at me. Okay. I have two okay. responses, which yes. is played that or understandable. Okay. What right. if we throw you on real left field? Then What's I won't the have to think that? about it. <laughs> Then I'll have to come up with a third response. I'm, okay, so maybe my third my my third response my my, splash de my third maybe my third response should be explain. Yes. Oh, All right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, shall I begin? If you yes. wish, I do wish. Okay. I shall cast the O'Reilly Rogue in the role of Vel McKelly in Chicago. <gasps> yeah. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought I not might have played. got to play that. No, not, no, not yet. Someday. I got I got a few years left. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Dear Satan, if you are <laughs> listening down there, <laughs> selling my soul. Stretching that's Still, all you need. Well, yeah. stretching, yeah, stretching that as well as my legs because that will need to go up yeah. and over when I'm yeah. 40, 40. What a next person. Um. I can see you as Janet Van de Graaff in The Drowsy Chaperone. Ooh. Understandable. <laughs> I've not played that role either. Maybe I have dis- I've chosen the wrong words for this. Yeah. Yeah. You mm. can't take it back now. I can't. Damn it. Come on, I think field. it comes down to, like, what do I want to hear racing <laughs> is what it comes down to. Hmm. Left field. Yeah, give us a left field, KB. Um, Sally and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Thinking. I'm going to give you an understandable on that one. I'm going to yeah. give you an understandable because she is funny. She's funny. She is strangely sassy and she is not an adult, which I am also not an adult. Right. In my brain. I, I actually sang her song. Yeah, yeah. Um, in one of my first cabaret shows in Kansas City and I loved it. I fell in love with that character. I She's hilarious. I saw her on Broadway. What? I did not realize that I saw. Kristen Chenoweth. I didn't. When I saw the show, when I was much younger, was from uh, years ago, I. Um, Last year. Went with, <laughs> <laughs> I went with. I went with my um, dance troupe. So my yeah. dance troupe in Kansas City used to, and still does to this day, Miller Marley. What's up? I used to go to New York and you would pay for this package deal you'd see a certain amount of shows um saw chicago when i was 13 which at the time was too was a little too dark for me but as i grew up i went no i get that i get that understandable (laughs) understandable um but i did see amongst a few other shows charlie brown at one point yeah and i didn't realize at the time till i was going back through my playbills before I moved to Australia, yeah. that I saw the original cast. That's amazing. Of Charlie Brown and have a few autographs. I don't remember who I have because it's been <laughs> years <Lost you>. since <laughs> I've been back home and actually looked at my myriad of playbills. But I did see the original cast, which means I did see Christian Chenoweth. That's I don't exactly awesome. remember that point because yeah. we saw so many shows. We saw. A show or two shows a day. It Whoa. Part of the package. Yeah. So that's how you got to do it. That's yeah. how you got to do yes. it. But Why there is a picture of me in front of the um, Charlie Brown poster, the big one out front of the building that I had that my mom framed 
and put out somewhere again. Oh, just vagueness. My name is vague. Continue. <laughs> yes. Um, so, well. well, then my left field fits perfectly. Yeah, I like it does it. actually. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say a legitimate answer. That's the end. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, give me, okay, give me, a, well, I, I'm, I'll be surprised if your legitimate one throws me. Um, I think that you would sing the freaking pants off Alphaba. Uh. And I just want to hear you belt your face off for like two hours. Um, but also, I love your cabarets. So really, it's just whatever role you want to play that you've put into a cabaret. <laughs> I'd like to see you in the role of a really Every, rook. I want to see it in. That's going to take a minute. Um, I need to yeah. do some research on that one. Uh, now, if you want to hear, if you want <laughs> to, if you want to hear me belt my pants off, particularly in a wicked capacity, come see me. Uh, at Dubop when Trevor Jones oh, is doing his uh, oh, musical theater yes. thing because the f- on the first uh, show, the first night that he did that, it was that idea. It, 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 the idea remains that you, if you hear the song, you just kind of run up on stage and start singing it. I heard the intro and went, oh, I know this song, not thinking about what the actual song was or where <laughs> it was from. And it was uh, Defying Gravity. Yes. <laughs> wicked so i walked up i ran up there and picked it up and realized i've stolen a solo from the guy who runs this thing (laughs) it's got a big belt at the end too whoopsie sorry but i'm sure it went well well i had a glass of wine in hand so for me it went great (laughs) yeah for Um, everyone else to get their own answers would you like to cast yourself in something Mm. Well, we're doing it at the table, you know. It only seems fair. Take a turn. There have been a few roles that I played, and I've been very blessed in the past um, year or two years to play roles that are very similar to me. So Susan in title of show, um, or uh, even the role I'm, I'm playing Miss Bell in Fame right now. Yeah, and she's a dance teacher, and that's not exactly me. But at the same time, I get to be super sarcastic, and that <laughs> is very much There's a me. Few similarities I'm seeing there. Yeah, a little, yeah. little bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah, yeah, little bit. yeah. Um, okay, if I were to cast myself in a role that is not necessarily me, Glinda the Good Witch. <laughs> Look, I wasn't gonna say it, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to be probably the biggest challenge of my career. <laughs> playing Glinda the Good Witch. I'll find a way to not make her dumb. She isn't Go ahead and cut that out of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I will find a way to not make her uh, the typical Glinda. That's the reason why I was cast. I was not, I did not go for the um, usual Glinda type. Yep. And I'm excited. I'm super excited to play this role. I, but I'm so nervous because it's, I've been playing Madam Peacock and, uh, Susan and a myriad of other roles in the past. Sarcasm and sass. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, all of Naughty Christmas uh, and everything I've done for the past year or so has had a pretty strong semblance of me in it. So hashtag typecasting, but whatever (laughs) I'm, I'm, Ready. I'm ready to play something that I'm that I haven't played before. Yay! It's so, always more fun. Yes. To answer your question, is your answer? Lucky <laughs> 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 that happens to be next up for you. Mm-hmm. Yours. Yes. Uh, well, now that we know you even better than we did before, let's talk the show you've brought us today. And what is that? Beauty and the Beast. Oh my favorite. As old as time, and also a song as old as rhyme. 
What? Wow, that must be like so old. You have no idea. <laughs> and we're back. Did you enjoy that little piece of music? Yeah, it was I really did. Fun. Oh, good. Uh, it's not from Beauty and the Beast, but uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about the Disney classic Beauty and the Beast uh, transferred to the stage for fun and games and a whole lot more music, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That You know what? We can just stop the podcast because you've nailed it. I've you done d- it. You just nailed right. it. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming, you. everybody. <laughs> thanks. Uh, good night. Blackout. I said that I Credits. would keep it short today. Um, <laughs> so what can you tell us about Beauty and the Beast? We want to hear all about it. Everything, everything, not uh, everything. Just okay. I'll, yeah. I'll try to keep this as short as possible. Yeah. Uh, it's a Disney musical. Thank you. Good night. That's a <laughs> blackout. Um, it was the first Disney Broadway musical, and it was okay. Can I give a bit of a story time from my yeah, aspect? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so I, <laughs> I was waiting for you to go. Um, no. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Sorry. story time with Aureli Roke. Gather round, children. <laughs> Gather around the fire. Uh, it was the first Broadway musical, which means for somebody that was obsessed with, with Disney and also obsessed with Broadway growing up, I remember walking into that theater as a semi-preteen and going, I remember the actual thought of Disney, stick to what you know. And from the moment it's, the show started, I was on the edge of my seat and the last time that had happened was the very first musical I saw, which was Phantom of the Opera, if you want to call that a musical. Everybody's got their opinion. But it blew my mind. Disney had one-upped Broadway at that time. That's awesome. Lion King was the next one to come. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there have been quite a few Disney Broadway musicals that have failed, Tarzan in particular. Um, yeah, well, and Little Mermaid was never meant to really be on Broadway for that long before it could just go off. They they really geared that to tour. That's a whole other podcast. Um, this was their first foray. They went all out, as Disney always does. Mm. They made sure that they did their homework, which Disney almost always does, and it really paid off. They put songs into that show that were meant to be in the original musical, like the song Human Again. Yeah. I don't even need to look this up right now. I remember <laughs> this. The song Human Again was supposed to be in the original um, in the original movie, and uh, they decided to cut it because it was not fluff, but it they needed to continue the storyline. And it was um, just a bit of nothing. It didn't help in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Adding that into the musical brought out all of these amazing characters. And if, if we're going to even segue into costuming or lighting or design or set, it all worked so well in every aspect. Of course, be our guest. Not just blows your mind, but blows your pants right off. <laughs> wow. Isn't there usually like a lot of kids in the audience? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I remember. None I, of them I remember pants. distinctly that there was... Um, there were all of you know all of the enchanted leads and the main characters on stage, and this lighting and design was just going crazy. And that was back before they really had a a solid, crazy grasp on um, the cinematography of set of the of the platform of the set, so that it would it could shift in a million different ways and raise up and lower. It, it did exist back then, but mm. not to the extent that it did for Shrek or for Cursed Child. If we're talking about right now. Um, it, it Disney helped to create that 
Yeah. They they put the they hired the people that make magicians tricks. And they were not the first ones to do that on Broadway, but they were one of the first ones to make that kind of like put that push into into the Broadway set design. So, um, yeah, with Be Our Guest, it was all crazy. And I remember all of these um, characters in these amazing, elaborate costumes. I remember to my right, there was a cheese grater that was in the audience with us. It was a cheese grater. It was a freaking cheese grater. Like but I remember a dangerous that. place to have a I- cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> like of all of the things you're going to put in the audience. Don't put children near cheese graters. <laughs> Just in general, guys. Let's never do that. Um, but the idea that you were immersed. Mm. Again, not the first time that's happened on Broadway. But I really felt it in that particular moment. Um, the one that hit me the hardest that took my absolute breath away is, uh, and we'll get to songs in a second, but the beast has a song and I won't go into it because we're going to get oh, to that it's moment. It's my favorite musical theater song. I'm just going to say right now. And even if this is cut into the song section, I'm fine with that. I'm so upset with the fact that that song was not in the movie. Oh, me don't, too. When, don't even get me started. Yeah, I don't rage. get me started. And I'm enraged. And someone was like, oh, but they put in a different. I'm like, but no. there's another and song. They put in the wrong one. It was not as good. And they, they just put rid of in a, a little instrument. In the Broadway musical, well. <laughs> he starts this song. He starts the song in the castle as she's leaving. And he walks out a door and the whole set shifts so that he's out on a second floor patio on this balcony. And all of a sudden these, st- I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. All of a sudden these stars come out of nowhere and you feel like you're right there with him as he's singing this song. And I'm, I'm, I mean, look at me, seriously, do you see those? I have, <laughs> they're, they're I have goosebumps and I was a teenager. I was, I was like 13 when this, when this came out, when I saw it and it blew my mind. That singular moment blew my mind. I remember as a kid and watching the movie and being in love with the fact that Belle, she's French, she loves to read, she's got dark hair. Oh my God, she's me. <gasps> oh wow, my God. That exactly- <laughs> what? We didn't cast Aurelia's Belle, guys. Oh, oh, why didn't we, we take that? it back? Look, Everything we said we'll was get, a lie. We'll get to the reason why that's very okay in a second. <laughs> um, but at the time I realized like, it's not about Belle. It's not really about even the enchanted leads. It's about this poor man who is, he learned his lesson so many years ago, but he's never had a chance to write the wrong. Exactly. And he can't write the wrong without the right person. Mm. And how bonkers is that? Oh, what a horrible curse. So anyway, <laughs> Broadway, Broadway, Disney, Broadway. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> So Disney started this thing with Beauty and the Beast that they went on to do with a lot mm-hmm. of other shows. Oh, and they and, ran. And they ran with it too. Will continue to yep. for yes. a long time. A long, long um, time. They're now writing movies with the, the upfront intention to transfer them as yeah. soon as possible to Broadway. Like Frozen, that happened so quickly. Oh, I know. Because it was written for stage but released on film first. Well, yeah. they really were pushing for the rights to Anastasia from War- from Warner Brothers for so oh, many years. And then the moment have. they got them, all of a sudden it's on Broadway. How do all of a how? sudden? What? Uh, guys, <laughs> I have problems with Anastasia though, but that's a whole new podcast. Episode. Yeah, we'll so, do an Anastasia episode yeah. another time. Don't get me wrong, there are some great parts to it, but there I've are got some great some solid 
issues. Yeah, question. We'll, got, look, we'll, we'll bring Mom's you back some questions. <laughs> we'll bring you back. I'm just going to raise my hand now because uh, I've got some questions in class. So the, the thing that they started with this that they continued to do was innovate the technology to make something yeah. more impressive than what they can do with animation on the films. And yeah. this was the thing that I vaguely remember. I mean, I was young too, not quite as young as you, darling, but um, when Beauty and the Beast first transfer yeah first you know open they were talking about doing it on stage everyone was saying well how can you do it on stage you can't do that you can you can make the cathedral dance nobody you know, nobody believed you can't in do it. it yeah it's ridiculous that's why it was an animated film because you can't make real people do that no and then and they went they with the most anyway. magical they went with the yeah. most magical like as in literally magical of all of their stories yeah and they took that and went Let's make Let magic. Let me show you. Let me we'll show you. Because Let's that's, make magic. That's Disney's thing. Yeah. They they take life and they make it magic. That's the, entirely their thing. Yeah. They take that Mantra double dog dare and they say, oh, I'll take that. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, do it. it and run. Watch uh, me. So, um, but the advancement of the technology that went into this, they took to all the other shows, but the rest of Broadway also benefited from that. Oh, yeah. And that's something that at least they contributed back. Absolutely. The shows ran forever. There's also um, a, a rumour, I don't know how true it is because I haven't researched it, so sorry, guys, if this is wrong, but <laughs> that this Disney's takeover of Broadway was kind of the catalyst for Jonathan Larson to write Rent. Sorry, Jules. I said it. I said the naughty word on the podcast. You said the four-letter word. I know. Um. But because Disney was was trying to create a family-friendly street for their theatre to bring Beauty and the Beast in, um, they went to the mayor and the mayor went, you know what, I will take care of the fact that this rundown theatre has a lot of homeless people, a lot of, like, we'll peeps living in it. Up. We'll clean the streets up and instead of actually helping them, they just moved them along and so people yes, got a Disney. little sad and angry. Um, not technically Disney's magic, fault. Magic, Julie. Not technically magic. Disney's yes, fault. magic. Um, but... I find that really interesting for uh, I love Disney. Beauty and the Beast is one of my favourite Disney films. I too was like, I want to be Belle. <laughs> um, but, that, yeah, there's this kind of darkish side to, to them bringing to, the Disney, to life. The yeah, to them bringing, Disney. yeah, bringing corporate to Disney life. Corporate Disney is another thing. And, uh, um, we, that's, let's that's, not spend this episode talking about that. That is an entirely that. different <laughs> podcast. Uh, not, even, not even this podcast. That's a whole other type okay, of so podcast. Okay, so super quick because we don't want to run too long. Right. Uh, awards, accolades. Oh, there were a few. Blitz it. Best musical. Tony's. I don't Best know. costume design. Surely. Surely. Technical achievement. Hang on, let me let Best me check scroll, my references scroll, here. Scroll, Awards scroll. nominations. Uh no, oh wow. Nominated for so many. Nominated nom, nom, for nom, nom. Oh god, this was ninety four. God, I feel so old. Uh, so nineteen ninety-four. Uh it was nominated for Best Musical. Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score. Best nominated perf- for all the biggies. Nominated, yeah. Best performance by a leading actor, leading actress, featured actress. Gary Beach. Uh, direction of a musical it only won for one in uh in 94 costume design well wow which makes sense (laughs) that actually makes sense um drama desk similar story lots of noms 
No wins. No. Uh, and it was also How did it not win a Tony for, for music? lighting. Alan I don't know. Menken, Howard Ashman, and Tim Rice. Maybe it was just too much. People were like too. It's too much goodness. I don't well, know. Where to put and it. here's the infuriating thing. So they also were nominated for a myriad of drama desks, including a lot of the same outstanding musical actor, actress, featured actor, choreography, orchestration, lyrics, music, sound design, special effects. Won none of them. Wow. It won one Laurence Olivier Best Musical. Best yeah. Musical in Good London. work, yes. London. In 98. In 98. That was four years later. Wow. And it was um, only um, who, uh, who nominated for three at the time. Who wrote the book? So we had all those big names on music. Mencken, Ashman, and Rice. And Rice, yeah. Um, extra songs by same guys? I believe they were all done by the, those three. Because they it? took them from the original writing yeah. for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Book by Linda Wolverton. That name is familiar. She's probably done some others. We're going to investigate that while you listen to this brief musical interlude. Okay, so we checked it out and now I'm embarrassed that I didn't know who Linda Woolverton was. I was saying. She wrote the original concept for Beauty and the Beast. She wrote the screenplay for Beauty and the Beast and she adapted it for the stage. Well, she so was also the worked. first woman to write an animated feature for a studio, period. That's amazing. Or no, for the studio, for, for the Disney studio, sorry. And then later, the first woman to have the sole writing credit on a billion-dollar film she wrote Alice in Wonderland, which Tim Burton directed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, went on to do Maleficent. She's like, oh, my gosh. Um, a lot of talent there. It's a shame you don't hear more about writers, I know, isn't I it? know. Anyway, that's wasn't what we're here a, for. Wasn't there a whole, like, um, protest for writers? Writers, but, right. writers. Anyway, but we're going to talk about uh, what writers do, which is write stories. Um, they do write stories. Who's going to tell us about the plot? Me. KB. KB. It's me, KB. I'm so glad the catchphrase What is happens back, in Beauty and the Beast? I'm sure no one knows. Okay, guys. <laughs> so there's an old woman with a flower. No. There is an old there's woman, an old with, woman a, with an apple. No. Uh, no. With a flower. You so were right. Really two sisters that just rely on each other. Or is that yeah. glass menagerie? I think I'm mixing them up Three now. hours later. <laughs> Producer Zane is so upset He's that we're stressing. taking such a long time. Sorry, it's a really good show. Miranda, shh, so can't stop talking. Beauty and the Beast. If you don't know the plot, please do not watch the latest film. Go back and watch the cartoon. Oh, preach, and honey, preach. I will tell you right now what happens. So spoilers if you haven't seen it. I'm very disappointed in you. So the movie slash musical opens with um, an old beggar woman knocks on the door of this castle. We don't know where we are. It's some beautiful overture. Surely with the background noises. She knocks on the door. The prince is having a party. He opens the door and he's like, what do you want? And she's like, I just want some shelter and someone to be nice to me. I just want some shelter, please. <laughs> please, sir. The Aussie accent really downplays the importance of, just want some shelter. Please, sir, may I have, have some, some more? Sh- please, please. Um, And he says, nah, you're too ugly. Please go away. I'm having a party. I'm having a party. Uh, um, you weren't you're going to ruin the aesthetic. Icky, no. <laughs> and she says, please, just just let me inside. I won't bother you. You won't know. I just want something to eat. I, has flour. I have flour. Would you like flour? Would you like? I will pay you 
I, with this flower. And he laughs at her and closes the door. Turns out <laughs> she's an enchantress, guys. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And because he could only see the shallow level, the surface level of, of her as a human being, she curses him and all of the servants in his castle to be uh, inanimate objects. Like clocks well, and to, candlesticks. To be what they shallowly are. Yes. Um, what all everyone Words. is on the surface. And the prince turns into a beast. Boom, boom, boom. Then we fast forward 10 years. It was real quick. Um, and we meet a girl called Belle. Uh, the town that she lives in is, is a little town. Is a little it's a town. Village. It's a quiet village. Um, and every, every day, day is like, like the, the one, one before. before. And um, she she is outcast essentially because she doesn't conform to the norm of the town. She's a little bit quirky. She likes to read. She doesn't really socialize to the same degree as the other people in the town. She doesn't follow um, the. The, uh, the uh, social. Norms. How do you how do you describe Gaston? The, like <laughs> douche. The, the dude. Frosted the town tips dude. with the rhinestone. If it was the nineties. Um. So uh, she uh, she's already feeling a little out of it. Um. Gaston decides that she's the girl he wants to marry, and um. That's cool for him uh his sidekick and him decide that uh they're gonna just they're gonna they're gonna work on Belle keep asking her out (laughs) and eventually she'll say yes right guys that's the way that works um (laughs) nine no's and a yes yes (laughs) Belle um uh, on this particular day says no again um, goes back to talk to her dad who's about to go to um, an invention convention is what I like to call it. <laughs> invention convention. An invention convention where he takes his uh, his wares and he, he <laughs> shows people what he can do. Um, she gives him a scarf. He goes out into the woods um, and she continues along on her merry way because that's normal life until Gaston's sidekick LeFou comes back wearing her dad's scarf. Dun, 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 dun. What? But what's happened to Maurice, guys? Well, Maurice. he has um, been – oh, wait, where are we in the musical? Nope, that's right. I'm right. We're yeah, We're some... totally fine. Um so Maurice, uh, is, he gets, he gets, he gets, um, he gets where attacked are we? by wolves. Yeah, is what happens. Yes. So he gets attacked by wolves. He tries to find shelter, but the only place is this weird castle in the woods. So and he he's knocks like, on the door. I'll take it. Um, and he uh, essentially gets put into the castle dungeon when the beast decides that he's overstayed his welcome slash nobody should be in the castle yeah. because he's a beast and he hates people. Um, Belle, when she realises that Maurice is missing, goes into the woods to find him, discovers the castle, finds her dad. The catch, though, is is the beast finds out that she's there, is super mad that she's trying to break out a prisoner, and she goes, you know what, I'll swap places with my dad. It's He shouldn't be in here. He can't. He's old. He won't can't survive in the cold dungeon. I will take his place. And Maurice says, no, I know. I'm the dad. I'll, I'm the one. This is my responsibility. You go. Save yourself. My feelings on that is always like, 
I feel like that's an empty offer there, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sauce on you, Maury. <laughs> um, bit sketch. Bit yeah, sketch. Bit sketch. A little sketchy. But um, Belle ends up taking his place. Maurice is sent back to the village um, and Belle uh, is put into the dungeon. Uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth, who are the candlestick and the clock, uh, talk to the beast and be like, oh, it's come on now. They yeah, know, yeah. they've figured it out already that it's a girl in the castle and maybe she will break this curse. That is that he must find someone to fall in love with him, who he is, not what he is on the outside, but who he is on the inside. And they, um, they're trying to coerce him in some way to maybe be a little bit more uh, inviting, warm, welcoming. Um, so they tell him to to pop her into a bedroom. They have several of them. They're in a castle. There's no people there. Fairy tales. <laughs> pop her in. Pop her in. Um, where she meets a wardrobe that can talk. It's all very much Julie. You'll know a little bit more of her. Yes, right? yes yeah. I do. Um, uh, Madame de la Grande. Bush. Bouche. De la Grande Bouche. She um, is, would you like to know what that means in, uh, in yes, English? Yes, I would. Madame de la Grande Bouche means the woman with the big mouth. Oh, poor madame. <laughs> um, I'd say typecast, but I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> and it was Andre McDonald, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, that wouldn't be Grande Bouche. That would be the big voice, not the big mouth. Yeah. No. All right. We'll, we'll get back to that. Well, um, so Belle's in the guest room. The Beast has invited her to dinner. She's mourning the loss of her life and her family. And um, mm-hmm. Madame mm-hmm. and Mrs. Potts try to cheer her up and are like, it's okay. We'll put you in a pretty outfit and you'll go to dinner and everything will be fine. Take off that silly Just, blue dress yes. and put on this yellow one. This beautiful pink one. pink one. Oh, it's a pink one. It's a pink one. <gasps> it's a pink one first. Oh, the yellow one's later. Homage to yeah. Aurora. Oh, okay. Yeah. On my nose or Disney. And then into the the golden gown. It's as bright as the sun. Just call it yellow. Very. (laughs) It's very bright. Um, So Maurice has gone back to the town. Gaston's a little bit sulky because Belle's rejected him again. I mean, he should know this. A little bit sulky. Just a little bit. A little bit man sulky, uh, (laughs) which is a lot. It's dramatic. It's really dramatic. Thank Um, God for LeFou. Thank, Thank God. goodness for LeFou. I don't think I need to explain what that means in English, right? LeFou? The uh, fool? Uh, really? Yeah, I didn't know. All right, I'll just, uh, all right. <laughs> I just kind of assumed. Um, that people know. They, people knew what it was. <laughs> they, they sing a big number about how great he is. And that oh, cheers him up. Banger. Yeah. Love it. I will say that number was pretty epic and the dance routine holy it's, amazing. it's definitely a big ensemble <laughs> yeah. deal it's real fun with the german steins mm-hmm. clacking yeah. and a lot of high kick that that had the kick line that was the kick line number yeah. of beating the beast that's aside awesome. from be our guest at one point there is one where the dishes do one but like no nah, screw you i want to see the uh, weird french kids <laughs> in the village <laughs> Morstein. Um, so while they're in the tavern, Maurice runs back in and is like, there's a beast and he's captured Belle. And everyone's like, oh, crazy old Maurice. He doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? Crazy old Maurice. Um, but Gaston decides that he's going to use this to his advantage to, to win Belle. Mm. Um, we go back to the castle. Um, Belle is... Definitely not going to dinner. Cogsworth and Lumiere tell the beast. He gets super mad and he's like, if you're not going to eat with me, you're not going to eat at all. <gasps> and forbids Rude. her 
How very dare to, he. Yeah. Forbids her from, from uh, enjoying a meal even if it's on her own. Um, so when she knows that she's not going to get caught, she sneaks down to the kitchen. She looks for some food. They sing a big number about eating. No? Yeah. What yes. is it? Be our, Be our guest. guest. <laughs> oh, is that her sneaking? Yeah. Yeah. The things you miss you when you're backstage <laughs> and not paying you know attention. You're just trying to sneak into the kitchen, just like creep the door yeah. out of the fridge open yeah. and just have a little snack. And then like an entire ensemble comes out and sings a huge dance <laughs> really? number. Yeah. Blows that's, your cover. Yeah. that's the yeah. whole joke of Cogsworth going, all right, glass of water, crust of bread, and then send her back and, and Lumiere going, no, 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 no. no she's and the best guest. part is if you pay attention, she doesn't eat anything. No. She eats nothing because they're so immersed with presenting her with all the food that all the food goes by too fast and she doesn't eat any of it i love it that's like alice in wonderland <laughs> it is actually, yeah yeah so then um after dinner cogsworth and lumiere uh, give her a tour of the castle um naturally she's drawn to the dark forbidden part that they're like oh, oh no no not the west there. wing there do not no go west into wing. the west wing what there is west no wing? west wing it doesn't exist it's a jedi um, mind trick but she uh, sneaks away from them as they're too busy giving their tour Jesus and they're focused on them. She's sneaky. Sneaky little girl. Um, she goes into the beast's um, ch- chamber of secrets, I guess. <laughs> she sees and fights a basilisk. <laughs> yeah. um, How and do we always come back to Harry Potter? How is that? Uh, because we're uh, big nerds. Harry. Um, <laughs> And she is mesmerized by this floating robes in this beautiful uh, vase deal um, until she's caught by the beast um, and she runs from the castle because he's so mad um, and he knows he knows that he's done he's done some he's like, oh damn, that's it. We're on like one of the last pedals. Now I've done it. Now I've done it. We're never going to break this curse. Yeah. End of Act One. I scared that a chick away. Why do I keep doing one. that? How do I oh not? Oh my god! This is a mammoth show, guys. So Act, act two, two opens. I'm only in my early twenties. I feel like I'm dying. Well, this is the thing. Like he's That's frozen in time, kind yeah. of. I guess like ten years. Depends like, on perception, because everybody's guess. got their own opinion on how that actually plays out. Yeah. It's Whether always the the beast human beast is always played by someone very young though. So I'm like, true. was he eight years old when he opened the door and he turned the beggar woman <laughs> yeah, away? Yeah, because that means Chip would have. How did that happen? Well, I have a theory on this. Yeah. If do we have time for that or do we need to come back to that? Okay. Wait, um, this is intermission, guys. We'll come back to Act Two in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is actually a book that I read called um, "As Old as Time: A Twisted Tale," and it is part of the Disney canon, part yeah. of the Disney Beauty and the Beast canon. And it states that, or it's a it's a novel about how Belle's mom that we never hear about, yes, is the witch that cast the curse on what? the castle, mm. and how she was snatched away, and how what happens in the castle and the people in the castle they forget people outside of the castle, and they are kind of stuck in time and to a certain degree. Yeah. Things kind of slow down for them. So yeah. it's not like Sleeping Beauty where hundreds of years go by. No. The people in the – because you always wonder, how do the people in the village not remember that there is this castle just like right there? Full of people the who presumably to the village, mm. guys. Uh, and so it plays into – so some of the people that are in the village do or did know – and were either married to or related to in some way, shape, or form the people that lived in the castle. 
the curse that she lays on um, the family, uh, the royal family, as well as the castle, spreads out to people that had any association to it. Because it had to do with the discrimination about um, people of a, that, had, mm-hmm. d- that had a magical tendency. Whether they were yeah. fairies or centaurs or anything along those lines, there is kind of a, a, an uprising in that town. So the small town that Belle's fam- that Belle is a part of is the offshoot of the people that had left that town before she laid a curse on the family. Oh, Disney, got it all thought so out, don't confusing, you? Though. I know, oh it is. It's so, wild. we've got a town full of people who don't remember that there's a castle and they're just on their outskirts, uh, waiting to be found and for a curse to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, act two. Act two opens with Belle being attacked by wolves. So she's fled the castle at the end of act one. The beast is gone. What have I done? But now she's in the woods. She's been attacked by wolves and the beast comes out because he's like gone after her being like, I've made a mistake. Well, can, I just quickly, can I just quickly say that the wolf uh, fight scene is the ver- the Rogers and Hammerstein's version of a bad ballet sequence. It was, <laughs> it was awkward to watch and it just basically was like, we're, we're changing the set backstage. Everybody just... Be calm and take a moment. Get a drink okay. if you need. Uh, we're just going to do some dancing on stage and some stuff's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we're back. And see. <laughs> so uh, the beast has been injured. Belle helps him back to the castle. She looks after him. She nurses him back to health. And in that time, they become friends. Or they start at least accepting one another presence in their lives i guess well who'd have thought i know well bless my soul look at that <laughs> any more lyrics well Lou, indeed. <laughs> um uh, the beast introduced bell introduces bell to his giant library which i would one day like to have in my own home mm. i think we can um, all safely say we are jealous of his library yes. we're just waiting for the library um and, and there's no innuendo there we're, we are waiting for that library mm-hmm. someday it's really cute. They start becoming uh, closer. She teaches him how to read. He's like super, like k- kind of dorky, I guess. You kind of see a different side of his personality and she can see that that's changing and the servants can see that it's changing. And then Belle asks the beast to dinner. Whoa. Whoa. Back in the town, Gaston is like, you know what? We're going to put crazy old Maurice in an asylum. That's a good idea. So he meets with um, some real shady asylum owner um, and they plan to to lock Maurice away and use that to blackmail Belle into marrying Gaston because that's always worked out for everyone. I think that's my dream proposal. Um, So then uh, the Beast and Belle have their dinner. They go to a ball. There's a big golden uh, dress and a beast in a really nice suit for a beast. Um, And he plans to tell Belle that he loves her, but he um, asks Belle if she's happy here. And she says yes, but that she misses her dad. And so he lets, he gives her his magic mirror to let her see her dad and finds him being locked away um, in the, no. Hmm? Yes, no, yes, sees that Maurice, oh, sorry, I'm like trying to like read my notes, Um, that Maurice is not in a good place and that she needs to, to go with to him as soon as possible and he knows that although that the curse is coming to its end <gasps> and that he might never break the curse, he lets her go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, that Which is when this to the amazing best song. song ever as the, the last. If I heard it at this very moment, I'd probably start crying because it's just so yeah. sad. And Belle's not uh, like totally okay with going either, but she knows that that's where she needs to be. So she finds um, her father um, and it, she explains what that the Beast hasn't kept her in captivity this whole time, that, that she's actually maybe kind of in love with him. Um, Gaston comes to take Maurice away. And Belle is like, no, 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 the beast is real. Look into this magic mirror that nobody <laughs> questions um, and uh, shows the beast. And Gaston turns the angry mob from trying to uh, arrest, uh, put Maurice in an asylum into going after the beast and, like, taking down the peeps in the castle. An angry mob. I mean. An angry yep. mob. Zane's favorite thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically. Bell the whole time is like, tell Zane. no, Don't tell no. Zane about the angry mob. Don't. There's no angry mob. Zane, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Bell's like, don't do anything to the beast. He's actually really kind and gentle. He's not going to hurt anyone. Please, please, please. They don't listen. They go to the castle. Kill the, the servant. Oh, the most epic of dance fight scenes that have ever happened. God, that's fun. With very limited movement. Very true. And it worked just as well on stage as it did in the movie. Mm. I really enjoy it. Not the most recent one, the animated one. Come on, people. The real up. one. The real one. The uh, real one. Not the real, real one, but the real, you The know. real one. The servants um, are trying to, to keep the castle safe. They're trying to keep the mob at bay. The mob break in and a massive fight scene breaks out where the servants ultimately win, even though they are uh, like candlesticks and clocks and feather dusters. it's the best kind of winning. It's the best mm-hmm. kind of winning. Um, Gaston has taken on the beast, um, one-on-one so uh he's gone up to find him um and they have a little scuffle don't Ooh. they a bit of a scuffle mm, pretty big scuffle uh, pretty big scuffle where you think maybe the beast is gonna maybe not survive and then gaston falls off the top of a castle um and in a very scar in a moment. very scar <laughs> moment um but not Homage before to another disney movie <laughs> not before he stabs the beast just a little bit yeah. i mean it was it's like a small stab it's just basically like a razor cut just a flesh yeah. wound yeah just yeah. Much a flesh wound um bell arrives uh well she's kind of been there for the fight but she gets to the beast side as he collapses to the ground typical woman she- <laughs> let the men do it all um oh. She begs him not to leave her and that she cares a lot about her, that she is him, that she loves him as he takes his final breath. And then a transformation takes place. And the beast turns back into the prince. Um, and they live, basically everyone turns back into a human then, not just the beast, mm. everybody in the castle. Um, I assume that the curse is then lifted and the people in the village also remember the people in the castle and all the fun things. Yeah. Um, and they live happily ever after. The, the, the end. end. It's a big show, guys. You've done well. Oh. If you're still listening, well Wait. done. You <laughs> get a prize and that prize is the next segment. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Okay, so we're going to zip through the songs. The music in this uh, is great. It's Disney classic. It's Ashman Menken at his finest with a little Tim Rice thrown in for good luck. Um, 
there is basically the music from the film, but they've added a bunch of uh, instrumental segments, including my favourite, an overture. Yes. yes. Well, there's a bit of action in that. But yes. Oh, well, yes, but it's still – there's a prologue after that. There's an overture before the prologue. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of extra songs, uh, as you mentioned before, raised some of them that were taken from – that were written for the movie but yep. then cut and thrown back into the show, which, which is great. Which is what led them to be okay to do that for yeah, other yeah. musicals like Lion King and Aladdin. Yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. So Act 1 starts with the overture. It's followed by a prologue. The prologue um, does exist in the movie and goes straight into Belle. Uh, this is the Belle and the entire ensemble and uh, one of the most famous numbers from the show, I think. Um, that introduction with the silly girls and all of the the whole storytelling and books and fountains and Gaston and I need every character eggs. in the show. Favorite. That's, <laughs> That's too, too expensive. expensive. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Uh, so a lovely introduction of the town and most of the characters that we're going to see throughout the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what. Uh, sung by Maurice and Belle. Backstreet Boys. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> One day. That's Jill. a cute song. It's I, a cute I song. I really, I, I feel like that show n- did need that song. It it, it helped to um, kind of cement their flesh out the story. Yes, and cement the story between uh, father and daughter. Yep, so this is one of the the new songs uh, that went in for the show and it is followed by a reprise of No Matter What, surprise, surprise, and also (laughs) uh, the wolf chase music. um, The bad ballet sequence I think we've all discussed. (laughs) Maurice's wolf chase. Um, Gaston and Belle sing Me, another new one put into the show. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I don't even oh, know what that one that's is. That's the one where uh, where Gaston proposes to um, Belle. And she uh, says no over and over again. Uh, all your days with all your life. It's almost. Nearly all your life. My family tree. Yep. Oh, my goodness. No, no one's as good as. It's in the new movie. It is. Yeah. It is in yeah. the new movie. And it, it was version we did. ill-placed yeah. in that one. Mm-hmm. If you're going to not do some, don't do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's a little reprise of Belle followed by Home, the audition song loved by young girls everywhere. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is this home? And the worst song for any judge on an audition panel for quite a few yeah, years. Yeah, was, we hear it a lot. Um, Here we go again. Choose a different song. Uh, home reprise, followed by everyone's favorite number, Gaston. Yeah. No yeah, one does everything like Gaston. Like Gaston. Um, so I loved the fact <laughs> that they had LeFou not be able to spell his name at the end. <laughs> G-A-S-T sometimes one. <laughs> Very nice. Um, that's a big fun number for the ensemble. Lots of dancing and yeah. hilarious lyrics. Gaston reprise with just so many reprises in there. How long must this go on by the beast? This is mm. another new one. The Basically the beast gets songs. Yes. Which isn't the case. It did not exist beforehand. Yeah. Well, and that song movie. is um, not reprised, but is um, influenced in the beginning of his song at the end of act one, the one that I've made reference to quite a few times. Mm. They do meant like that um, melody comes back. Yeah. 
and the leads theme, into will. yeah it is actually become the beast theme this yeah. this idea of again how long must this go on into mm. i don't want to say the title because i just the title into if i can't love her yeah. into if she can't love me yeah oh god oh god i love myself <laughs> uh, he does go into if i can't love her for the end of act one but just before that we get a huge ensemble number with lots of cutlery dancing oh what is be that our guest i feel like i know that one it's just on the yeah. tip of my tongue Act two starts with an entract and the wolf chase. This is an orchestral number added in for the stage show, followed by something there. Uh, Bell and the beasts sort of appear, but it's mostly the servants singing about them. Uh, human again. This is the number that you mentioned before. Uh, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Chip, Madame de la Grande Bouche. De la Grande Bouche. Babette, Cogsworth and Ensemble. Um, so this is all of the servants talking about being human again. That would be nice. Wouldn't would be it? nice. <laughs> um, written for the original movie but um, cut out of that timeline and yeah. put back into the show now. Uh, Maison de Lune. Another new one, Gaston Le, Le Fou. Do you know what that means in French? Do you know what the, would you would you like to know? Maison des Lunes, something about the moon. It's the loony bin. Oh, <laughs> the Maison des Lunes. It's the the people. It's the house where crazy people go. So this is Gaston Le Fou um, talking about putting Maurice into away. the yeah. into the uh, the crazy yeah, house. Coming yeah. up with the plot. The evil plot. The evil plan. And uh, then we also get giving the guy who runs the Maison de Lune just a little bit of a solo, just, just a little a hint of a character there. <laughs> he didn't quite make it into any other role, but Here you looked go. you looked like a, a Frollo, and so uh, thank you so much for being a part of this musical. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, after that, right here in the middle of Act Two, we have Mrs. Potts's shining, beautiful moment singing "Tell as old as Fun fact: my least favorite song on the show. No, I don't like it. Oh, I. That's a, I yeah. I think I'm it's a trigger you. for me. I will always, I will always tear up when I hear that song. Uh, it's no. a beautiful song if you listen to it, but I just oh. It was that when it when the movie came out and the pop release of it ruined it for me. Oh, right. Why did the mm. nine can we just I'm not even gonna discuss it for very long, but the nineties ruined Disney post credits. Thank God for post credit <laughs> scenes that just went, We don't need music anymore. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We don't need some other pop star to re record this to make it uh in air so quotes, furious. better. And now they're remaking the remakes of those songs, oh. and I want to punch children. <laughs> anyway, so Mrs. Potts sings <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, and it's a very lovely moment while, you know, dancing and falling in love is happening. Um, if I Can't Love Her, Reprise by the Beast. If She Can't Love Me. Bells, is it? Okay. No, no, it's in, it, that's the lyrics. Oh, right, okay. The reprise Change is, of lyrics yeah, in that reprise. If She Can't Love Me. Um, followed by <laughs> Bells, A Change in Me which was written into the show in 1998 for the debut of Tony Braxton and then stayed in the show. Oh, like when did thanks. Tony Braxton play? Anyway, we'll leave that for somebody else to talk about. <laughs> um, do you have Tony Braxton in your notes? Probably. Tony, Tony Braxton. Say. Somewhere in anyway. this novel um, yeah. <laughs> that I have before me, yeah, I do. she says. Um, 98 to 99. Then we have the the home stretch, if you will, the mob song, Gaston and Ensemble. Oh, the mob song. Uh, oh. The mob song. Quick, quick moment. Uh, 
If anybody remembers, there's one lyric in the mob song that if you stop for a second and go, what? <laughs> Screw your courage to the skate to the sticking place. Yeah. Screw your courage to the sticking place. Yeah, that's a saying. Just that's need a, a thing. Why did Disney ever think that was okay? I don't. I, okay, it's we're moving Disney. on. It's yeah, a lot of it's a, anyway, <laughs> you just um, screw stuff to sticky things. Screw them. And then they've added in uh, more instrumental and music into the battle, which I suppose is the battle. Uh, Belle has a little reprise um, of Home. Then we have the final little duet and transformation. And then the entire company reprise as Beauty and the Beast. It's beautiful. Um, Huge orchestration, by the way. Three synthesizers, and so I would think, oh, well, you know, they've replaced instruments with synthesizers, but they haven't. Um, It's a full pit orchestra, including a harp. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, of course a harp. Of course a harp. You can't do Beauty and the Beast without a harp. It's a French fairy tale set somewhere around the Renaissance. Of course you're going to have a freaking harp. Yeah, well, there is a harp, right? Calm down. All right, okay, all right. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Well, we all take a breather after the harp incident. Uh, Why don't you listen to this music? It's time to learn all about Toni Braxton and her... Long history in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, great. As well as a few other people, just one or two. Oh, yeah. Let's start at the very beginning. What a very good place to start. (laughs) Oh, I feel sick setting up for that. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with Bill. Bill, the original. Susan Egan. So she did some amazing things with um, Disney themselves, uh, providing the voice for, I can't say it though. Megara. Thank you. In Hercules. You're welcome. Um, and the voice of Rose Quartz on Steven Universe. I just, I just simply have to say, I did not like her in this role mm-hmm. at all. I okay. thought that she, she looked the part, but she did not have the voice for it. She was an amazing Meg mm. because Meg has that sarcastic tone. Just built yeah. into but less her. so with Belle. Belle is not <laughs> sarcastic sweet. in any way, shape, or form, at least the way that I grew up knowing it. And so yeah. when I saw her on stage and then listened to the soundtrack, she put I mean, I was very put off by her. Going back as an adult and reading about um what it took to get her there, yeah, I get that. She also was Meg after she was Belle. Yeah, correct. So the fact that she was cast in Belle is what led her to be Meg. And in a weird way, I'm uh, depressingly okay with that. <laughs> but she's Belle all round, really. Yeah. Um, and then our beast was Terence Mann. Terence Mann. Um, you'd know him from such things as Cats. <laughs> oh. Les Mis. <laughs> Lots of things. Chorus Line. He played Larry in a Chorus Line. Oh, a a role that I share mm-hmm. with Terence Mann. <laughs> um, our Maurice was Tom's Bosley. Um, he's known Bosley. for playing Howard Cunningham. Unhappy yes. days. Amazing. Yeah. I was hoping that would come up because I loved that. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Um, <laughs> Gaston was Burke Moses, Lumiere, oh, friend of the show, Gary Beach. <laughs> um, Mrs. Potts was Beth Fowler, Cogsworth, Heath Lamberts. And then maybe not a lot of big hitters after that, to be honest. Wasn't mm-hmm. Terrence Mann also in Adam's family? I mean, take it up with Wiki. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I could be very wrong here, but I'm pretty sure he was also Lurch in Fair Adam's oh, family. Potentially. 
Yes. So um, notable Broadway cast replacements and um, I've highlighted my faves. Uh, Carrie Butler, 96 to 97. What? Tony Braxton, Mm. 98 to 99. And she's also the first African-American to play Belle on Broadway. Yep. Amazing. Other people, other things, blah, blah, blah. A total of 17 actresses have played the part of Belle on Broadway. Whoa. Mm -hmm. With um, Sarah Litzinger playing it for the longest. So she did 2000 to 2002, 2003 and 2006. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Busy, busy Belle. Busy, 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 busy Belle. Um, Some notable other replacements are (laughs) Gaston. Yeah, let's talk some Gastons. Um, the one that stood out to me for Gaston that I went raw, raw shaggy <laughs> was Donny Osmond in 2006. Uh, in 2006? No. And, what? and final Broadway performance. Yep. How old was he when he did that? I don't know. I don't have the clicky link, but he would have been pretty old. I don't know. Um, and then another notable swap out would have been Chip uh, in 2002 being Nick Jonas. Oh, cute. A Jonas brother. Played Are you Chip. kidding me? Played Chip. Okay, I'm just going to, I'll just see myself to the door then. <laughs> so they cast. Come on. They cast Chip as a child. Is it a child that plays Chip or a young adult? In I don't know. In 2002, Nick Jonas wasn't a baby, so. Well, obviously, they don't cast babies in the show, mm, Julie. Obviously. That would be awkward. Obviously. Anyway, let's uh, do we even oh, oh, the movie. Just uh, just do it real quick. Right, just yeah, like, yeah, like, band-aid, like, like band-aid. a band aid. Just rip it off. Emma Watson is Belt. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dan Stevens is the Beast. Luke Evans oh, is like Gaston. Amazing Gaston. Okay, Luke, I yes, love amazing Luke Gaston. Gaston. Amazing LeFou. Kevin Klein is Maurice. Yeah. Yes. He was oh, good. that was good. Yeah, he was good. Josh Gad is LeFou. Great. Brilliant. Yes. Ewan McGregor is Lumiere. Mm. Mm. Even he said, no, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Stanley Tucci is Maestro Cadenza. Okay, amazing, by the way. Amazing. for that movie. Yes. And then they changed the name of Madame de la Grand Bouche to Madame de Garderobe, which I'm assuming is wardrobe. It is wardrobe, yes. Um, Audrey McDonald. Amazing. Um, Zane just threw his hands up in celebration. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, that's not a word I can say. A name I can say. You want assistance? Je, yeah. Je, for Plumette. Uh, for Plumette. Juju. Oh, oh, no, this is a Mbatawa. Uh, um, Mbatawa, and also again, her name they changed her name from Babette to Plumet. Yeah, just yeah. to be real obvious about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an oh, oh. Ian McKellen is Cogsworth. Amazing, hate it. it. Emma Thompson is Mrs. Potts. Loved, her. loved that too. Yeah. Oh. If anyone's gonna sing that song, that's not the original. You know mm-hmm. who she is. Yeah, yep. And then the ninety-one cartoon Paige O'Hara as Belle. Great. Mm-hmm. Robbie Benson, Beast. Richard White, Gaston. Jerry Orbach. Oh, I've mentioned it before. Oh, so my heart still is, my heart still weeps for the yeah. loss of that man. Um, David Ogden Steers as Cogsworth and Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Amazing. Potts. Angela Lansbury. Can now, we just say Jerry Orbach? Uh, uh, what's his name again? Ogden Steers. Uh, David. David Ogden Steers and Angela Lansbury. Could I? I would have desperately loved to have been a fly on the wall if they had yeah. even been. In the same room together, not as the characters. Yeah. That would have been phenomenal. 
All right, so then the other very little used half of this segment. Production Elements <laughs> Production with Julie Eisentrager. Which mm. is a hefty one for this show. So lighting and special effects. Um, to pull directly from the wiki as I usually do. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast didn't bring back theatre to New York, but it did change the dynamic, no question about it, and of the business. Known for assisting David Copperfield mm-hmm. with his illusions, Roth hired... Jim Steinmeier mm-hmm. to work on Beauty and the Beast. Steinmeier had previously contributed to the musical Merlin, which I've never heard of. Uh, I can uh, very quickly tell you about some notable names in that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, uh, Cheetah Rivera was in that. Oh, she was wow. an evil sorceress. Yes, yes queen. She was. Uh, as well as n- newcomer Nathan Lane. Wow! And a very young Christian Slater. Cool. Oh, wow. That's hot. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it opened in 1983 and it only had just under performances. 199 performances oh, wow. with 69 previews. Phrasing. Right? Red hot go. Yeah. Really? Um, so he, Jim, <laughs> best friend, Jim assisted <laughs> with things like the beast transformation sequence during the second act. And, um, it took, for lighting, special effects, and set to really come to fruition about 11 weeks for the set design. Mm-hmm. Well, and he also, because of that, had a hand to play in um, Aladdin, I'm going to assume, the carpet ride, as you well think? as Mary as Mary, Mary Poppins the, on stage. Mm. Both of those on stage. Aladdin has all of those sequences in the in Friend Like Me as well. Oh, yeah. Tricks and... Business. And they are yeah. so impressive too. When you can sit there as like a musical theatre person and majority of musicals you go and see, you're like I know what you're doing. I know there's a trap door there. Like, but then you go and you watch Aladdin and the carpet and you're like, oh, damn, this is magic. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. Well, I've just discovered sitting here perusing that he received a Drama Desk nomination for his effects in Merlin, but also for his effects in Into the Woods. <gasps> the rising of the chair. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Original anyway, Into anyway, the Woods. The, uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so uh, another big thing um, to make the animated film come to life, obviously the set. Um, And they wanted it to be like a very much a literal interpretation of the film. Um, However, just a bit tricky. Mm. The West Wing's appearance um, mirrors that uh, like you can see the beast, but you can also see like the outside world through the same mirror, all that kind of shizniz. Um, Took months and months to perfect. Um, Makes sense. In a stark contrast to popular musicals like The Phantom and Interwoods, The Beauty and the Beast set resembles a hybrid of Gothic Victorian and a Louis Quint Quint can't say that word. Quinez, I think. How do you, <laughs> like, how do you say how do you spell it? Q U I N Z E. I think it's Quinns. Quinns, right? That too. Yeah. Um and then <laughs> you have on top of your lighting and your magic, you have the tricky task of making humans objects. Well, and yes. also not just having them just be the objects, but they become more like the object as the show Further progresses. Further into the show. And let yeah. me tell you. And then at the end they become human again. It's heavy. Right. It's really heavy work, guys. Guys. <laughs> guys. Carrying a wardrobe around. It's real it, hard. It was, it was real hard. I lost five kilos. <laughs> I couldn't sit down. I couldn't. 
use my arms. I couldn't do anything for myself. But the effort of getting in and out of it meant that I had to take on and off a wig. So that also seemed like too much effort. So I just decided to stay in it for three hours. Do you know I actually was in Beauty and the Beast as well? (laughs) Crushed it. I was in Bab. I was Babette. And it was an outdoor theater. What? In the summer. Oh. (laughs) I'm hoping nobody is listening that um, had anything to do with the costume rental, but we had to lie to the costume rental company because they would not rent to us if they had known that we were an outdoor Outdoor theater. theater. Uh, My outfit was the only one that was one piece. Everybody else, all the enchanted leads had a bunch of stuff or one thing that they could like they could take off their top or take off their bottom. I couldn't do that. And it was long sleeved and it was feathers at the bottom and they all stuck to my legs and the June bugs were flying into my mouth, but it was still worth it. And I loved that role and I'd play it again in a heartbeat, but I'm too old for it. Let's move on. I'd do it for a great diet, to be honest. (laughs) Five kilos just from sweat. It's great. Um, So they hired a costume designer, Anne Hold Ward. Any relation? No. Oh, dang. Um... She was tasked with, sorry, not what I wanted to say at all. Yes, it was. I'm losing where I'm thinking. <laughs> We're oh, all losing our minds. Losing the plot over here. Losing. It's not, the, not from you, it's just It's the in second general. record, guys. So Disney encouraged Hold Ward to reference the animated film. So she also researched clothing worn um, throughout the late 18th century and she spent a year discovering how household items looked during the mid-1700s. Um, Howard Ward also visited Beauty and the Beast's original animators, spending a week learning how they created their characters to ensure that they would be very recognisable to the audience. Um, it is a task. Like, it, the, the way to have people still move like humans but be trapped inside <laughs> gigantic yeah. costumes um, took her months and months to perfect. Um, uh, Belle and the Beast costumes kind of um, paled in comparison to the difficulty of creating the enchanted objects. A combination of intricate wiring, prosthetics, and polytechnics mm. were used. Um, oh, polytechnics s- for Lumiere alone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, along the myriad of other times that fire and uh, fireworks and stuff was necessary for... Um, scale was also a prominent obstacle for her to overcome. The problem was the presentation of an actor as a life-size teapot when the characters in the film were teeny, teeny, tiny. Um, because the castle's enchanted staff are slowly transforming into objects, as we said before, shown in various stages, they had to keep adding and adding to these costumes. Um, meanwhile, again, the costume of Lumiere with the pyrotechnics included was built by a team of 40 people including a creator of the prosthetic candle, hair and vacuum specialist, mm. the polytechnician, um, a man responsible for equipping the costume with pyro unit and butane and a man operating the butane tank were each separate people. Wow. One costume. Aye, aye. This one I think that King Kong was complicated. <laughs> um, a, sister's, a system of wired frames was used to help support their characters' heavy garments, not used in... Community theatre, mm-hmm. just put it out there. That was heavy work. <laughs> <laughs> and um, such elaborate costumes had never been designed for a Broadway show before. So Cogsworth's costume features a fully functioning clock on his face. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Why does it have to be fully functioning? Because like, it's Disney and Broadway and when magical. You have Disney money, on you make a functioning clock the whole time. on his face. Is what? that what you just said? Can you just imagine Cogsworth's the fact costume. that he could hear just the slight ticking that no one else could hear, and it had to have driven him crazy? <laughs> Cogsworth's costume features a fully functioning clock on his face. Full stop. Next paragraph. (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) Madame de la Grouche was the production's most expensive costume. Yeah, team. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it was insane. What they had to do to create the biggest one, right? So Mm. just to have to build it all out and all the pieces move, all the drawers. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't have to have um, drawers that opened, didn't you? Yeah, and the cupboard that opened. Uh, Yeah, for the yeah, Um, it's intense. In short, it's intense. In short, so much. My God! But when you got so Disney much. money, you can do what you want. Yeah, you can do what you Lord want. Well, um, let's call Disney, ask him for some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frozen man. I just need like also what you spend this on podcast. one costume in Beauty and the Beast. That's that's all. You'd want to think before recasting an actor, wouldn't you? Like, oh, yeah. are you sure you can't just do it for a little while longer because the costume fits you? Yeah. <laughs> Please, uh, please. I'm begging you. No. Can you imagine? Please. Make it again? Bell would then. That's why maybe there was 17 bells. Because it's like, the only one they bell? could change. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Sure, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about Gaston? Is literally no costume changes, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is it all just in like one big muscle thing? And like we can actually resize the muscles underneath the yeah, costume. It should be fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about Dreamcast and where we're going to put Zach in his Gaston costume. How about that? Where are we putting everyone? Wait, are we talking about harmonies? Casting, casting, oh, casting. Okay. Come on, we need to do it super fast, super <laughs> okay, fast. Bam, right. bam, 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 bam. Um, Belle. I, oh, Belle. I wasn't thinking about no, I think needs to be young and fresh and not, not young and fresh and new. No one. I'm going to throw it. a super wild card at you. Okay, yeah. for Belle. If she doesn't go epic belt, Barrett Wilbur Reed. Oh, yeah. I do not know I'd this name. Uh, she, she was Veronica he- she was Veronica and Heathers. Heathers. She's oh. currently Janice in, in, Mean in Mean Girls. If oh. she keeps it sweet, I'll give it to her. If yeah. she does, she has a beautiful, gorgeous voice just in general, but everybody always casts her for the the fact that she can belt without yeah. looking frustrated because <laughs> nobody else can do that. <laughs> and also maybe Taylor Louderman from Mean Girls Ooh. would be quite sweet, I think, because yeah. she always plays. Okay, yeah, so exactly. the cast of Mean Girls can we'll share play the role Belle. of Belle. Yeah, they okay. can rotate. Or Jessica Mueller from oh, Waitress. Yeah. Oh, Jessica Mueller. I'd go that too. I said Jessica. She's a, we. I'm not her friend, so I call her Jessica. Jessica Mueller. Or <laughs> Jessica Catherine McPhee, Mueller. also from Waitress. Oh, no, thank you. No, again, no, anybody. Thank you. No, you don't think so? Jesse, go back Vito. to Jesse. Sell and Vito. <laughs> um, all right. Beast. Be- oh, I'm going to throw Jake Gyllenhaal into the mix of Beast. I think he would be beastie, beautiful. I'm going to give you a name that everyone's going to go. My God, yes, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, sure. (laughs) Never mind. I thought I knew. I thought I knew. Yes, he can. He can sing. Ryan. He can sing. He doesn't sing because everybody knows him as a comedic persona. I feel like that's probably like. As like you look at Bradley Cooper, you look at even Jake Gyllenhaal, like all the movies that they've done, all the stuff that you've seen them do in the lead, Chris Evans, all yeah. phenomenal actors, yeah, but who have done these funny, 
shallow kind of roles to try and break the industry. And I'm choosing Ryan not for the fact that he's funny because we all know that Gaston does need to be kind of funny, but the fact that when Ryan Reynolds gets serious, it's scary. Yeah. Because you're not used to seeing it. You're not used to seeing it. You expect something else. And it makes you stand up at attention and go, oh, this just got real. Yeah. Mm. That's where I'm going with that. That's why I like that one. Gaston and LeFou for me, I think I'd go Skylar Aston and Ben Platt, like bring the team back (laughs) together. (laughs) Just like, I think that would be really funny. They've already played that kind of dynamic before. Okay. Um, I want my Gaston to be Chris Pine. Ooh. Let's just put all the Chris's in. Let's see. Chris Chris Hemsworth. No, no Hemsworth. Oh, Hemsworth. Pine. Chris Pratt. Where would he go? (laughs) I would love to see Chris Pratt play LeFou because he'd be the smartest dumbest LeFou that yeah. has ever existed. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to put Josh Gad back in there because oh, yeah. he was I very would good. have put him in there before the movie. Yes, me too. And so I don't just mean for the movie. I mean, as in the musical, yeah. I would have put him in as LeFou in the musical. Yeah. And I loved the fact that he was not the dumb one. He was, he was Smart. way smarter yeah. than uh, Gaston, which made him dumb because why are you still with this guy? Oh, yeah, right. I mean, Cause you're gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. All right. Layers. 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 Like layers. Unintentional Disney layers. Can I also <laughs> throw Andrew Reynolds in for Gaston? Andrew said, oh, yes. Yeah, get the, old, get the Reynolds uh, Gad Duo company back, back together. together. <laughs> and that makes the gay so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we've got Gaston LeFou. Uh, who else do we there's need? A, there's a few people, that, like even Mrs. Andrew Potts. Reynolds, I wouldn't be mad about seeing as Lumiere. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he could do that too. Yeah. Totally. There's a few people that we mentioned in Gaston that you could put in as Lumiere. I think that there's such a weird fine line. It's distinct, but it's mm-hmm. weird between Lumiere and Gaston. If they dip ever so slightly in like one direction or another, you either absolutely love them or you hate them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Kristen Chenoweth as Madame. The wardrobe. Oh, I was going to say Kiala Settle. Tiniest little yeah. wardrobe you've ever seen. She's like, look how great I am. <laughs> she can't I was even have Kiala from yeah. um, Greatest Showman. Greatest and Showman. Waitress. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Same don't one. talk about the coach. Um, oh, I had a name. I want to kind of see someone fun in Lumiere or Cogsworth. Like, I don't know, Bill Nye or something. Oh, like. my God. <laughs> Bill Nye is Cogsworth. Would I, I'm, already on a, I'm already on a plane. Yeah. I'm already on a plane. I'm going also home. take Bill Nye. I'm oh, not Bill Nye. I mean, uh, who's the guy from Love, actually? Uh, which one? Bill, also Bill, <laughs> Bill no, Nye. No, that's Ben Nye. That's Ben Nye. No, no, it's Bill's no, on love, actually. It's Bill. That's Bill Nye. Yeah. Ben Nye's the makeup. I am thinking Bill Nye. There's two Bill okay. Nyes. I want to see Bill Nye. Uh, Wait, which Bill Nye were you talking about? I was talking about the science guy. She's talking about the rock guy. Yeah, I know. You're talking about the rock guy. Who are you talking about? Were you I'm, talking about the rock guy or you're talking about the science no, guy? No, I'm talking about the rock guy. Oh, I was talking about the science guy. <laughs> Bill Nye the, the science, science guy. guy. <laughs> Bill Nye the science guy was Cogsworth. I'm already on a plane. Yeah. And I'm going home. So in that, I, I want Bill Nye, Nye yeah, as... Um, Maurice. Oh, yeah. Maurice. But he'd be but so I want like him to be yeah, that's why. <laughs> I want him to be like he's kind of too good for the town flipping. <laughs> and that's why he's cause he's so smart. He'd be like, no, don't swap places with me. 
I don't want it. <laughs> then that's how I see Maurice. <laughs> no, don't. Please stop. I love him so stop. much. Um, could John Barrowman do Lumiere? Yes. Oh, mm. is it the right kind of? That is yes. a delicious. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I would like to see. I know, like maybe if we just cast everyone a little bit older, John Barrowman is Gaston. Oh, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Let's not? be fair. He Why looks. Keep young. him young. Yeah, yeah. he looks young. Oh. Yeah. If you're listening, you know you are. <laughs> Winky face. Um, what about Mrs. Potts? I mm. honestly, Potts that's such Chip. a hard. I don't uh, because I don't like the song. I don't care who plays it. <gasps> Do you know how what? Could you? Emma Thompson was a great cast. Not again, yeah. No, I think um only I don't know. Mrs. Potts is hard. What about what? That's Sorry, who, Imelda Staunton. Imelda Staunton. <laughs> Jennifer oh. Saunders. Okay, you got it. Yes, Jennifer Thank you, God, for that uh, recommendation. Jennifer, Jennifer Saunders, Saunders for the win. Yeah, okay, done. I want to see it now. I kind sorry, of also want to see Joanna Lumley because I, I would love yeah. to see that. Where com- did not we the combination. Zach? Where did we put Zach? Zach is the asylum. We put him as the trash bin in the castle. That's where we put him. We just cast him as Monsieur Le Dark. Can he be the enchanted toilet? Can he be that? The random insane asylum. Also, uh, I'd like to see Emily Blunt as Babette. Okay, you can see that. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah, I'm vibing that. I'm vibing that. And Kristen Bell. Okay, well, we could could go go on forever, but we can't actually go on forever because at some point we need to do top fives, do the lessons we've learned, get home. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right, fine. So what have we learned from Beauty and the Beast? Obviously this is a fable, uh, as most Disney movies are. So what is the actual story? I've learned that I like to do top fives before I do lessons. (laughs) (laughs) We all have learned that in this yeah. so, semi-second. So do, I was just trying well, to get top to the fives. end. <laughs> <laughs> top fives were the bonus episode. We were just like <laughs> throwing that away. But. All right, fine. You don't want to change it up today. We'll do top fives first. <laughs> top fives quickly. Come on. Top fives. You were so keen. Uh, and now you've got nothing. Costume designs. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Top five movie to stage. Top five magical elements. Mm. Top five subtle female empowerment. Mm. Super subtle. Super subtle. <laughs> Top five. She does turn down the dude. I mean, that is a little bit obvious. I mean, mm. They make a song out of it, but yeah. Top five Disney. Yes. Yes. On stage. Mm. Top five. Did we say we said magical? Top moments. five French fables. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, top five prosthetics. Oh. <laughs> the whole beast space. Top has. five special effects. Have we said that one yet? Special effects. Yes and no. Yeah. Give it that one. Top five transformation scenes. Yes. Mm, that is fun. Um, top five uh, big ensemble number for be our guest. And that's one of our top five food songs. Yes. Ooh. What about top five for um, having a majority of major ensemble kickline numbers? 
Meaning they, they had used the major they had human again. They had Gaston. They had the opening number. They had the closing number. They had um, uh, Eating the Beast, and it, everybody sang or was a part of in some major way, shape, or form. Yeah, mm, those numbers. Top five non-human roles. Uh-huh. <laughs> so many. So many. So many non-human cats roles. and Eating the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> what about top five? Uh, innovative for Broadway. Yes. yes. Putting a step forward towards uh, stuff that now exists that didn't exist in the past. Perfecto. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we please keep that pause? <laughs> Sorry. Um, top five revived songs from a previous edition. Mm. Okay. What's your proud of your boy? I think would definitely yeah. be on that list. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's most writers are more popular, which is interesting. Yeah, but they're not putting it into the new movie either. Mm. No, they didn't. It's very sad. But Human proud Again your- did. Human yes. Again was in the new movie. Mm. Top five uh, movies. Based off a musical, based off a movie? Yeah. yeah. And by top five, we Screen mean to you stage should to never watch any of them? Top five musical movies that made me mad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and top five uses of auto-tune for that movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There should never be a top five for that. Huh? All those top five should it's be shot. Let's, let's move off. Let's move off the movie. We're getting into, sad, we're getting into sad top fives. These are low fives now. For me, Belle's just on the top five Disney princess list. Yeah, but there. we were also born into a generation that was well. We were we were lucky enough to even by some of us, I'm saying we, lucky enough to remember um, like the Snow White era and the fact that Disney kind of got that leg up. And the '90s were so strong for Disney, and that was uh, Lion King and Aladdin yeah. and Beauty and the Beast and um, Little Mermaid that really gave a Kickstarter for a lot of other things to happen. Mm, yeah. Well done, Disney. Like you need a pat on the back. But most of all, thanks for bringing us the stage version of Beauty and the Beast. That was really awesome, Disney. Mm. Um, can we do lessons now, Julie? Yes, we that can. Okay. With you? Do you want to listen to another bit of music? Or yes, we're just going to do it. But I've, yeah. Okay. With Julie's permission, we will now do. The lessons we have learned. Yay! <laughs> and, and Julie is is very appreciative right now of that of that uh, comment. Yeah, no problem. Very, she's loving um, it. So it is a fable, uh, as I was saying before. So what's Disney's message? Um, beasts inside T-L, something no, about uh, like, Stockholm. No, um, it's about don't judge a book by its cover. Judge a book. I think Disney's oh. take is look. Uh, just because a grim fairy tale says it's this way doesn't mean you can't have your Hold own weird happy phone. ending. Yeah, take is, that, Grim Brothers. That's right. Your is, name is Doc. No need to cut your feet off in order to get the prince, or you know, uh, yeah, have a have a fish tail. You, you do what you do. You do yeah. you. Is yeah. that why there's Look so dreams. many books in this? In, in in this oh, story. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've spoken a few times with Julie, haven't we, about yeah. a thing called a metaphor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes things have <gasps> different meanings. Whoosh, right over the head. Symbolism. I think the word you're looking for is symbolism. Symbolism. <laughs> uh, so there, there are other 
are the lessons that Beauty and the Beast has taught us, like how to carry the weight of a wardrobe while performing. Right, Julie? I am now well well versed in how to carry wardrobe. The entire weight of a wardrobe on your shoulders <laughs> with no help from anything. <laughs> Good I job. can do this on my or own. anyone. Oh, no, there was plenty of help from other people. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> um, I have learned that you don't necessarily need a villain to create a, a comprehensive, entertaining story. Because mm. Gaston isn't as, like, he's not a, he's not a monster. No, he's pretty sexy, no, he's really. The, yeah, he's just a dude. Who owns who, a pub? Actually, she has the made a wrong choice. <laughs> she made the wrong choice. Yeah, like she would have been so he bored living with him. Well, Did he, though? There's he a never state that he, there he is doesn't a, own the pub. He just apparently runs the pub. There is a oh, whole a BuzzFeed article I think you'll enjoy, Julie. Oh, I'm pretty sure I it's BuzzFeed. It to you, didn't I? That is like it says that Gaston would have been better due to that particular yeah. period in French yeah. like revolution yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, renaissance. Yes. Everyone in the castle got killed. Yeah. She had yeah. no yeah. dowry. Yeah. She would have had nothing to offer marriage-wise. He had everything to offer. He did I'm own- upset discussing this because I don't like what I'm talking about <laughs> right now. But, yeah, in that time period, that would have been, uh, he would have been the appropriate choice. He did own the tavern because he decorated it himself. Just because he decorated it didn't mean that he was an interior designer or any kind of weird thing. <laughs> we learned. Just leasing it. Is it okay if I put nails up with or those, like, do three, I need to put the sticky the tack thing and then put the yeah. antlers on top of that? That's right. We learned that landlord. Gaston could be a man of many traits. <laughs> um, I anyway. loved the fact that the movie cited him as um, coming home from war. Yes. That was that was appropriate for me. It was also very um, era appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that made a lot of sense and it played so much into his character and the fact that LeFou was smarter than him but was always kind of following him around to make sure that he didn't get killed or yeah. wasn't, didn't do anything super stupid. Yeah. So I did like that aspect of um, the movie. I... One? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yes, uh... Musical movie. Yeah. I learned. Which you also should not watch. That I perhaps need to be trapped in a castle and held, and held we'll captive. Find true captive. Love. Because the meaning of Stockholm Syndrome. True love. I was going to oh, say, so Stockholm it. Syndrome is a real thing and it works for everyone. Magic. Magic. Well, it worked for Belle. I don't know yeah. that it works for everyone. And not Shyamalan just used it in his last movie, too. <laughs> Oh dear. In all seriousness, I think one um, lesson I do take from this, and this does not just come from one character, is be careful what you wish for. Yes. Mm. But also be true, I guess, to who you are in terms of Belle, but maybe not necessarily to the beast. Like well, no, be open minded the- and be accepting and all that jazz. I think that I think that you're I do agree with that idea of be be true to who you are because I mean even Gaston was putting on a bravado yeah. to a certain degree, but who the hell knows who he really is in comparison. But um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't be a jerk. I think we can all agree as the, oh, the general lesson is don't be a jerk. Especially don't, <laughs> especially don't be a jerk to in, 
enchantresses. Yeah. Um, if they're yeah. just yeah. trying to come out of the cold. Let all of it's those people into your home. When someone comes up to you with a flower. and they have a hello, my name is Enchantress badge. Yeah, just let, <laughs> let them, them in. Them in. Um, they, they get the free range of the kitchen. They can do what they want. Um, the <laughs> master bedroom, your bed. it's all yours. <laughs> Commode. All yours. Come on. You want an ensuite? I'll build it. I'll well, build an ensuite. There's a little bit of your actions have consequences yes. going on throughout Absolutely. all of that um, as well. So, well, even Belle's actions had consequences. Maurice's hmm. actions had consequences. And, and your inaction kind of has fate. consequences. The reason she put a curse on the whole castle was because they stood by and they watched him become this awful human being. And doesn't and that just lead do to passion? Like she, the fact that she laid this curse on them does isn't that just her like if the enchantress is fury yeah maybe she didn't exactly think that through so her yeah. actions had consequences as well yeah, yeah. all of I, the I think she overreacted just a little maybe a little bit but and in you the needed, book needed to set up the story so yes and in the book that i mentioned before they delve into that idea that maybe what she did was um a bit too extreme a bit much yeah a bit just, much just a bit much touch much uh so Calm it down a little, enchantresses of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up and say our goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's time to say goodbye, Ray. No, we Bye. don't want to go to we can't talk about the Beauty and the Beast anymore. It's, it's been, been six three hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, there has been a long episode, so welcome to another episode hosted by Miranda Selwood. Um, <laughs> for some reason, the ones that I lead this on is Beauty are always and the Beast long. Part eight. Sorry. <laughs> we just like to talk. Um, but, Ray, tell us what's going on in the world of you. Uh, actually, I'm going to be – actually, I'm just – I'm going to start that over again because I hate the fact that I started with actually four times in a row. I am going to be putting on my cabaret show, Ruby Slipper Chronicles, out in Adelaide uh, in a couple weeks. Just briefly, Ruby Slipper Chronicles because you're from Kansas City. Yes. And you moved to the land of Oz. During a tornado. In the middle of a tornado. (laughs) my, My plane was almost grounded. And I wow. thought to myself, well, that seems weird and didn't, you know, put too much more effort into that because I was moving to an entirely different country where I knew two people. And I thought, my God, my God, what am I doing? My God. Then I got here and my uh, story, my life story seemed to follow a very familiar path towards when you got yeah. here and then you met a scarecrow and it started talking to you. Was and I was it? like, and my a tin God, man. <laughs> I didn't know they did that here in Australia. And also he was saying things like sweet as and uh, have an avo in the arvo. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, It's very good. I've seen it. Thanks, KB. Um, and I think people should go you, see you it. Checks in the mail. You, um, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I need to eat this week. Um, you do. A, I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but you do a rendition of a song that you've heard a million times before. And for me, it's the I would hear you sing that all oh, day, every day for the rest of my life. Sure. I've never oh, heard it sung that way. All your checks are in the mail. Yeah. You're the best ever. <laughs> I know. I'm very. I am very excited to do this. And I had been me. I've been. Um, 
meaning to bring it out to Adelaide and very, very, very excited to do so. I wasn't sure how long it would take for me to have this opportunity to take it to the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Uh, and it's going to be the 15th, 16th, and 17th, so just after Valentine's Day. Get those Valentine's Day couples tickets now. Aww. Uh, and it's going to be at the A Club in Adelaide. And right after that, I come home and I am reprising my role as Madame Peacock in Cluedo, done by the uh, Brisbane Immersive Ensemble, which was a an absolute blast the last time I did it. Also with Zane, Zane Webber as our um, Colonel Mustard. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so this super jazzed. Cluedo isn't just a show. It's an it's the game. It's yes. interactive. The audience actually has to figure it out. And right, so and it's a different murderer every time. Each and- night is a different. We we are told. Okay, so uh, we do a lot of practicing for the scene, the quote unquote scenes, uh, and the show. But what happens is, you as the audience, you walk in to. Dr. Black, I have to remember who the character names are because they're different where I'm from. <laughs> Dr. Black's party. You are invited. A lot of people show up in um, full, like, cost in full getup, full costume. They love to dress up for this as well. Yeah. And you're walking around just kind of enjoying the party. At a certain point, you start to hear conversations, and we do them a little bit loudly because we, <laughs> these are scenes. But they're in certain rooms. This is not a show where we are on stage and you are in the audience. You are essentially eavesdropping on conversations. And you get to interact with us when, as the characters, as Madame Peacock and Colonel Mustard and um, Reverend Green and Dr. Black, as the characters, we are essentially having conversations with you as those characters. If you want to know any more information, you can kind of sneak those little tidbits just by talking to us in between the quote-unquote scenes that we have. And then at a certain point, Dr. Black dies uh, is murdered, and then you get to interview us um, with the uh, help of some. It's uh, like with playing Cluedo. Yeah, it's like but playing Cluedo, only actually talking to the characters as opposed to playing it on a board game. Yeah, because who needs a board? Anyway, when can we see Cluedo? Uh, it starts uh, April 4th. We have our first preview. Uh, and then it runs basically through the weekends until April 27th. And then it starts up again in May and runs the weekends until May 25th. So it depends. You have to go to the website, look up Brisbane Immersive Ensemble online on Facebook, mm-hmm. and they will have all of the information, all of the ticket pricing. It's at Baydecker, which is a wine bar. Fantastic. Which means you're going to be drinking while you're playing. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So those are the Brisbane dates, but yes. keep your ear out to Cluedo maybe on the move. Yes, there the is year. a lot of chatter happening and I can't confirm anything, of course, but um, there but is... But if you're not in Brisbane, you might still get a chance. There is a solid possibility. There's a very solid possibility that uh, you will be getting um, Cluedo coming to your town soon. By the end of 2019 for a guarantee. Uh, And, of course, the other thing you have going on, which is going to (laughs) travel Australia uh, over the next year or so, is your beautiful portrayal of Glinda the Good Witch in uh, the Wizard of Oz, the Arena Spectacular. So there are all the things you can check out and find Lee Roke in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be looking forward to having you back on the show to talk another show. There is one more thing that (gasps) I have not mentioned. (gasps) Oh, my. What? 
I'm choreographing the 24-hour musical here in Brisbane. The 24-hour what? That is the... What? Which will be happening April 15th. Is that right? 13th and 14th. 14th. That was close enough. Yeah, same, same, but different. We'll all be asleep. Um, (laughs) I get there the day after. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's teach them. Oh, and they're already gone. Uh, You'll hear a lot more about 24-hour musical project over the coming weeks. So uh, keep an ear out. And, of course, check out our website at www.24hmp.com. If you want to find musicals taught me everything I know, we have a website. That's not canonproductions.com is the home of all of the network's um, many, many podcasts, Mm. including ours at uh, forward slash backslash forward slash MTMEIK. (laughs) There's not three slashes, just one. Um, (laughs) Preferably the forward slash. Search our full name on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, where at Musicals Teach Me. You can send Julie an email at Musicals Taught Me Podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear more about your casting ideas for Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and, of course, any of the other shows that we talk about. If there's something you want us to cover, send us a message on any of those platforms mm-hmm. and let us know because we want to cover the shows that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, rate, subscribe, review, do all. All of those things and become a patron. Mm-hmm. Yes, be a patron yes, of the arts please. on patreon.com slash musicals taught me everything I know. Chuck us a couple of bucks a month and you can have access to top five lists made exclusively for mm-hmm. Patreons only. And but most importantly, the Cats episode is yours to listen to Zane as many dance, times Miranda. as you like. If we get enough Patreons, Zane will, dance. Zane will do the Necronomicon uh, and it's various other things. It's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time. Literally only a matter of time. And I'm someone's gonna put $20,000 towards just you dancing the Necronomicon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need the Necronomicon in my value. life. <laughs> and I need Zane Weber to do it. Well, the great news is, Ray, you don't need to pay $20,000 you can just a couple of dollars one US dollar if I give one US a dollar month. every day can I <laughs> can I get it by the end of the year well Done. get 900 get, of your friends get going, get going. <laughs> but you know what you should Tell also just be it. a patron to the arts period absolutely As w- on top of that also be a patron be a patron but also be a patron get out there go see shows Go see cabarets, go listen to bands, go uh, talk to um, the producers and the writers and the artists. Just get out there. Get off your bums. Let's just let's just make it happen. Yeah. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Ray. Thank you to my co-hosts. Julie Eisentrager. KB. My name is Miranda Selwood and we will see you next week for another musical. Bye. Bye. Peace. be bad yes but that doesn't mean we can't learn from it i'm alex smith and i'm james keogh and on our new podcast my songs suck 
we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.